Come on, baby, into the Zoom call. We're gonna have a good time. Hi, Breeze. Hey, hi, How's Leah. Hi. Hello. Hi. How's good. How are you? What are you singing? I was singing a song that I just wrote that goes, Come on, Leah, join the Zoom call, or something I like was that. Good. Yes, I was waiting beyond the meeting door for a couple minutes. I thought it would just <laughs> let me in. It usually does, but. Not really today. Not, not today. today. Not today. Hey, great to see you. You look very beautiful. I, and I love you. your, I lo your hair looks great. And I love your white shirt and your white bed. And minimalist like vibe. Right now. Yeah. Rather plain. What? What was the question? Oh, no question. No question. Uh, I'm about to make, about to press my. French press. And you have you have some tea. I do have some tea. Just the microwaveable um, kind. It's peppermint. I wasn't fancy enough to make anything else. That's cool. I like yeah. that kind of tea. I've never tea. made a French press. I'm still learning all of the coffee things because I didn't like coffee until about mm, a year and a half ago. What? Are I know. Right? That's crazy because like I've only like I met you by going to coffee shops. I know. The amount of time I spent in a coffee shop and didn't like coffee, like I couldn't even handle like the taste of a mocha because that tasted too much like coffee. Um, and now I drink it black all the time. So I don't really know what happened to me. I guess I just said, this is something that I have to do. I'm in college. I'm in Nashville. I'm at Belmont. I have to like coffee. And then My I did. hipster. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. <laughs> um. That's crazy. Wait, so what did you used to drink at coffee shops? Literally, I would go, well, I'm from Memphis. Memphis didn't really have coffee shops until a few years ago, really. Until you left, yeah. Until I left. And <laughs> so whenever I'd like go to Starbucks, I'd get like hot chocolate. And then if I would go anywhere else, like starting in college, um, I would, what would I get? Like a chai? No, I wouldn't even, I didn't even try chai until like a, a couple of years back. It, it was oh. it was usually hot chocolate or it was something really lame, but I but I was in coffee shops all the time talking to people. <laughs> That's all that I know how to do. <laughs> is talk to people? Yeah, yeah. Sit in coffee shops and talk to people. Because I used to work in that ministry in college where I would meet like I would have days where I'd sit in one coffee shop for like six to eight hours, just like girl after girl after girl, like to do counseling or little small group things or. What little sorry, I'm getting distracted because I'm sitting in front of my window and people walk by and there's this little girl in a really cute orange dress with a blue headband like flailing around. Aww. I should I should shut my blinds a little bit so I don't get distracted. Anyway. I yeah. have never been inside your house. You haven't I've yet? I've been outside at one time. I think I gave you a ride home one time. Yes, you did. I guess it took you like a while to come to my old house too though when i lived with gatlin there was like yeah. a two-year period where you just never was over you never were over yeah what's up with that i don't know <laughs> well, you're invited next week dinner dinner party dinner date i really want to i really want to meet your roommate ansley 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 cool yes she's in atlanta right now but when she comes back we'll make it happen how fun are you? Um, Thanksgiving is coming up in a few days. Are you going to go to Memphis to be with your family? 
am going to go to Memphis, at least on Thursday. The day surrounding Thursday, TBD. But I will be with my family on Thursday, which will be good. Nice. Do you have any other uh, Thanksgiving plans or Friendsgiving? I know it's kind of weird this year with yeah, the I might, pandemic and all. I might make a trip down to Fairhope to see some, some peeps for a day or two. What's that? Fairhope, Fairhope Alabama? Yeah. So like Merritt is going to be there with Andy and then the Cersei's live down there. And so there's a little crew maybe hanging. Jord- Jordy and his brother would be down there as well. Mm-hmm. So I might make a, make a trip. Either Wait, there. what? Jordy and Merritt are from the same place called Fairhope? Merritt's not. Andy Citrin, shout out Andy Citrin, um, is also from Fairhope as is Jordy. Wow. What, what is, do you, do you know anything about that place? It's, I've never been, but I've been told it's like this really cool, really cute, like basically beach town. It's, wow. it's kind of a hidden gem and as far as like beach getaways go, but it sounds like a cute little surf town. Jordy's compared it to like some places in California before. So, wow. I have never even heard of this place. That's very interesting. And, you know, that does kind of make sense because Jordy and Andy both kind of have this like West Coast vibe, but they're mm-hmm. Alabama boys. It's right by Mobile. So you've probably been close if you played a show at Mobile. I've played Mobile a couple of times. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Interesting. Wow. So uh, you used to work at a ministry and you would talk to girls at a coffee shop like one every hour for an entire day? Sometimes. Yeah. So I used to work in a ministry called Delight Ministries, which actually originated at Belmont like seven or eight years ago. And now it's like worldwide, I think. If not, I think it's all over the country and then in like London and other places. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It just started with like these two girls, Mac and Ken's, who wanted to just like start a small group or like a Bible study or whatever. It's like Christian affiliated. Um, So they just started doing that at Belmont and got their friends on board um, a couple years into it. And then it kind of exploded and I was kind of in the the legacy tribe of that so i ended up being the team director there um my junior and senior year of college and a lot of that was just like me honestly hanging out with freshman girls at belmont wow which to some uh might just sound draining to because it's 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 anywhere from freshmen to senior girls but it's i would just go and like sit with them and like hear their stories and kind of offer I guess advice in some ways or just experience of my own of like being a woman in college in Nashville and what that looks like and like trying to figure out little little life problems slash kind of incorporating if they chose with like a Christian worldview perspective um, and just ha- just hanging out and being their friends which is yeah what I love to do but a lot of those days like actually serving in that ministry would look like me going to Humphrey Street Coffee or Portland Brew and just like literally sitting and being like so tell me about your life what works what doesn't and i'll do my best to like give outsider perspective and kind of walk with them through whatever they were going through so that's why i was in coffee shops so much but it took me that was another reason i guess why i was like i should like coffee now is because i'm like if i'm gonna be here just talking to girls i gotta a have energy and b like <laughs> actually be drinking something other than water <laughs> oh yes uh what is the best coffee shop in nashville do you have a few a couple faves mm-hmm. I am a Humphrey Street girl because I think their coffee's great and because I love the mission behind what they do. They work with Harvest Hands, um, 
which is a nonprofit ministry. I don't know. Um, cool. And then I love, gosh, other than that, I'm always at Portland Brew because it's convenient and you always run into someone you know. And yeah, what's so why is Portland Brew so popular? Because it's not, you know, their coffee is just not great, in my opinion. It's not, um, it's cheap. It is cheap. It's, it's cheaper than the other spots. That's just crazy that a competitor in this market could win off of cheapness alone because there's so many hip coffee shops in town that you think that a place like Portland Brew wouldn't stand a chance. Like this weird, like literally it's called Portland Brew. Like they're building off of some sort of like second wave aesthetic of like Seattle's best coffee or something, right? It's like Starbucks or something. It's like Portland Brew. I no, I really think it's because it's cheap. It's because of its location, which is on 12 South. And I don't even really think it's, I mean, it's busy on the weekends because of tourists. But other than that, it's just for the Lipscomb and the Belmont kids. Like, it's convenient. It's close to both campuses. And you're yeah, but it's like hip, too. Like, Jordy goes, used to go there all the time. And Briston used to go there all the time. Yeah. I think it's because, at least for our friends, you're always guaranteed you're going to see someone that you know. So if you're like feeling like, oh man, I want to run into someone while I do work, I go to Portland Brew. Right. So yeah, maybe that. it's that, but That's I just totally... a cyclical answer though, because then it's like, how did it, I don't know, you know, you go there to see people, but why did those people go there? What, you know? Because it's convenient because <laughs> of location. So we're coming back. It's like a triangle. What? Yeah. So then our people, and then, yeah, right. Exactly. And now people are just going to go to White Bison, even though it's owned by uh like shell or something <laughs> it's it's literally a gas station without gas pumps <laughs> twice daily or something their, yeah. their, uh, their iced coffee isn't bad <laughs> really that's good to know i haven't really and they have a bathroom so uh during covid it's like a great place to um, i've stopped yeah. to use the bathroom when i've been on walks with you there Yo. don't tell them this i sometimes i will bring portland brew coffee to white bison to sit snap which is kind of a slap in the face but i feel like a lot of people i know do that yeah right i don't really think they care very much <laughs> well they're like they a big corporate care. chain so i can't they can't be too upset right i don't know yeah you gotta kind of you gotta whatever you gotta support the little guys true um speaking of, speaking of supporting the little guys we have leah leach on the podcast the greatest supporter of the little guy <laughs> <laughs> he supports all of her friends music um a truly great supporter of the arts. Uh, you have so many talented friends. I feel like you have just an, an amazing network of people that you that you know and that you've met, I guess, initially through Belmont and just through like the music scene. Yeah, it's kind of wild. I don't know how I amassed, like I think 90% of my like closest friends, at least in Nashville, are artists of some kind. Right. Um, and that was never really by intention and yeah, but no, my my friends, including yourself and everyone in our little crazy circle are wildly talented. And that kind of yes and no came through Belmont. I actually spent, I think, the first year and a half being in Nashville, not really friends with any musicians at all, believe wow, it or really? not. It's kind of weird to think about because it's unavoidable, it feels like now to be in Nashville and not know musicians. But I was a communications yeah. major at Belmont, so I never was in like a music class or even music businesses, music business classes until later on when I chose to take them, even though I'd been like, I grew up doing music and like definitely was in that crowd, even back home in Memphis, but it wasn't really until 
um, I moved in with Gatlin uh, my junior year or beginning of my junior year that I just kind of one by one, like met a ton of people through like being close to her, like all of her friends, people she would write with that would come to our house, I'd meet. And then she introduced yeah. me to like our friend Jordy, who obviously knows kind of every walking musician in this city, it feels like. So like through knowing them, it was this like weird trickle effect of just like getting to know and like love these people that are the small guys, if you want to put it in those terms. But it was because my favorite thing to do is sit down with people at a coffee shop and just like know people's stories. It just became this weird snowball effect of like, I know this person who knows this person and I want to meet them. And just like getting, getting to know and love everyone in our community has been really fun for me. Because like I said, I, yeah. I grew up doing music, but I'm not an artist right now, but I like get your brain and I like get why like how things happen and like the logistical stuff and like all of the things so like getting to tag along and to either just like come to a show or sing on a record or sing back up for whoever has been like the best thing ever so, yeah. yes so you're involved in, in in music uh performance and also recording some as well right with uh doing like vocals yeah i have a weird relationship i guess with the music industry in, in Nashville because I'm not really in it, but I'm not not in it. Yeah. If that makes sense. It like I'm not and unless I end up getting like a big girl job in the music industry post COVID, I um I'm still not a working anything. I'm just kind of like I started with Gatlin. I started singing background vocals for her a couple of years ago um, because it was convenient because I live with her. So it was like rehearsal was just like, I was right there and I would already be traveling to some shows with her. And once she knew that I had a background singing with people, she like brought me on board, which then kind of the snowball effect till I think I've sung with most of our friends at this point, which is really fun. Yeah, um, you sing with me. I did sing with you. I was, Freeze, I was so honored <laughs> when you called me up to stage at Keo House for the last time. I had been waiting for the day that I got to be on stage with you guys just because, oh my gosh, I felt like this weird motherly love in that moment of like, these are my boys. <laughs> I love yeah. so much. Um, but no, I, like, I, I love performing like that. It's like fun for me because it's all of the fun of being on stage, but none of the pressure of being the front act. It's like, I get to sing, which is what I love to do but I get to do it in a way that supports someone else and kind of like hopefully enhances the experience. So yeah, I do that a lot. And then I also, even recently with Ethan's room, um, did some background stuff for his upcoming record, which I'm super pumped about. Um, wow. And just little gigs whenever I'm asked to, like I never tried to like stick my nose in anything, but I'm always down to like hop on a project or host a show or do something with right. music, with my friends is kind of my weird gig um yeah totally you uh you started a pretty cool cultural space in memphis that you were just talking about the keo house i think um, it was, yeah i'm wearing the shirt oh cool it's yeah keo print the keo house yeah is it just your camera it looks faded they probably you know it's i don't know what ren it's like light gray uh mm. on a white shirt so it's you kind of have to yeah do binoculars there yeah right <laughs> do uh 
How long? When when did the Q house start? Q house started. Yeah, it was it was the be right at the beginning of 2019, like right beginning of January. But the idea for the Q house started probably July or August 2018. I remember Lauren moved um, to a house across the street from Lauren McFerrin, who is like the co-creator for those that don't know, at the Kyo House. She's my best friend from home, moved across the street from the uni- University of Memphis into an old frat house that hadn't had been like untouched since like the 90s. My brother used to live there, like, and he's- No way. I am, which is wild. And he was always like, don't touch anything in that house. Like you can't wash away the sins that have been there. Anyway, so she moves in and there's this really cool, what would you call it, a basement? It's like not even, it was like a bonus room. Like a, yeah, like a bonus room, like a din of some sort. Yeah, but it was like, like a kind checkered of, tile floor. Yeah, really vibey, very cool space. And so I remember when her moved in, she moved in, I was like, dude, Ren, if you lived in Nashville, like this would be a great spot for like house shows. Cause I had just been introduced at the time to like the DIY scene here. And so I was like, I wish you lived here or lived in Nashville. Like this would be an awesome space. And she kind of jokingly was like, well, if you want to bring your friends like they're they can come play and I was like haha probably never gonna happen kind of wrote off that thought and then I guess it was the end of the year in 2018 when Jordi had texted me kind of out of the blue and said that our Carly Bannister who I had not met at the time um, was looking to play a show in Memphis uh, with two other friends at the beginning of January did I know of a space and immediately I thought of that conversation with Ren and I was like Wait, yeah, totally. And so, yeah, I think it was January 4th, 2019. Carly came and played and she brought along Jack Thompson and S. Grant Parker and I met them for the first time. And then after that, it was another weird snowball effect of we thought we would just have that one show and it would be done. But the next month I ended up coming back with Gatlin and Jordy and Ethan because they were like, oh, it'd be fun if we came and played too. And then you were the third show, which is what I think was the real snowball effect there. Cause it was what you and Briston and daddy's Beamer and future, future crib on the way to South by Southwest. Yeah. And so after that, we just started getting like tons of messages all the time from like Instagram. <laughs> and we were like, right. what have you done? no, it was, it was an awesome thing. Cause we weren't, we weren't expecting it, but it like, <laughs> it became this whole community in Memphis of people who I think we're in a lot of ways ways craving live music that wasn't in a weird bar or yeah. wasn't at the FedEx Forum because Memphis like didn't have that scene really. Like I'm sure there was every like isolated house shows every so often, but there wasn't like a consistent thing where we would bring, where artists were brought in like once a month or twice a month. And so it became this thing where we kind of got to uh, what's the word I'm looking for revive a little bit of at least in the college scene like the music culture that was accessible to people that were our age and it was fun for me because it was my, on my end I was getting to bring these people that I knew and loved in Nashville and introduce them to the people that I knew and love in Memphis which is like this really cool like crossover that for me just makes my heart soar yeah. uh, but yeah, that, that went on for like a year and a half, just every month, me and Ram would be like, okay, what are we doing this month? And she's an incredible 
photographer and graphic designer. So she like always had a game plan for like show posters and would always make a video or take pics. And it just was kind of a, it was a gift we didn't even know was coming and it just kind of happened and it was awesome. Y'all make a really good team because y'all have, are very different, um, but are, but work very well together and are really good friends. But I, uh, you know, you two definitely bring very different skills to the, uh, to the Keo house team. Thank you. That was a sweet thing too. I think for me and her, because she, we have been like super close friends for since beginning of high school. And I think everyone kind of always dreams about running a business or running something with your best friends. And we had joked about it forever, but never knew like in what capacity we would, because I live in Nashville and she still lives there and our lives were kind of going in opposite directions. So it was like, honestly, a gift to be able to kind of, at least for the year and a half that it happened, kind of put our brains together and be like, okay, I have these skill sets and you have these skill sets and we both love these people and we both love these this concept of live music in Memphis. How do we make this work? And yeah. so I'm glad it I'm glad it translated well because we both loved it. And a lot of it too was her roommates were incredible in the process as well because obviously she lived with four other girls. So if they weren't on board and they weren't helpful, like the whole thing wasn't ever gonna happen. So like Jenny and Bailey and the other girls that rotated in and out were like such a huge part of it too and we're so on board and like did a lot of the groundwork that i couldn't do with them even because i was 200 miles away but right we love the q house and again it like brought me people like you guys and i met grant there and like a lot of people that became really really important to me that i never would have known if it wasn't for a diy show in someone's basement which i think speaks to the power of like things that you're doing freeze of bringing people together like over and over and over again at your shows whether it be like huge shows at the georgia theater or like at the keo house like it creates like bonds and super cool and weird and unexpected ways that would not yeah. be possible if it wasn't for the performers and i guess <sighs> people behind it so yeah how about you too I appreciate you saying that. I definitely miss that so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel so totally sad about it a lot, you know. It's definitely, you know, I miss community in that sense, you know, like something like you, House so special. And, uh, you know, oh, I remember when, so we actually did the last Q House show amidst COVID. It was um, kind of when it was like, it never went away, but it was probably about when it was the most away. Numbers were pretty far down, and we did, like, an outdoor thing. People could, like, buy a pod, and they sat in their own little zone. It was pretty cool. It was uh, it was one of the only shows that I got to do all summer. Uh, it was really special. Um, was that the last Kyo show, for sure? Well, it's the very, very, very last one. Um, which and I that's like, so and that's definite now. There's no talk of Keo reviving ever. You know, I wouldn't completely cross it off the list of possibilities. It will. I think if Keo is resurrected, it will come back in a different way than just a stationary like venue. Like I think, mm. like Ren and I have talked about, almost not like a completely like a so far thing but kind of a so far thing like hosted by the q house because we even 
in the midst of it being an up and running venue would do events in other spaces when we knew the show would be like too packed for the house. So like kind of taking the Kia brand and the name and the ideas and taking them other spaces, maybe. Yeah. But there's also another kind of like Kia house 2.0, which I'm, I don't know if you talked to Louie, but Louie yeah, and Louis. Um, his house are doing that. I think it's the Achi house, the Aki house. Yeah. Um, from their backyard in Memphis, which is really cool. And Ren's doing the graphics for that, I think, at cool. least for now. Um, so it's kind of still continuing, but uh, no, the show that you played in the backyard in July was our, unfortunately, the very last thing that we'll do, at least at that house, which I'm so glad you guys got to play because I honestly, um, I don't know if I would have wanted to do it as much if you guys hadn't been able to play, to be quite honest, because- really? you're a huge you're one of the backbones of making that place what it was i really believe that and gatlin and jordy so the fact that all three of you and watson was an awesome new addition too and he like jumped on board yeah months before and was awesome so like if it hadn't been that crew it would have been great but it wouldn't have been the same so i'm just like so i'm so glad that y'all got to kind of bring closure to that because i feel like in a year like 2020 when there's been so much that hasn't had closure or so much that's been canceled like that was a really sweet way to like say bye to that chapter of yeah of life or at least there was some finality to it yeah which was at least for me super needed and super like healing but i'm glad you got part of it yeah that was my third keo show and i think i requested to play a keo like eight other times (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that turned me down a bunch too. We didn't want to, but Ren was like, logistically, we have to respond to these other 15 people that have been asking to play since February 2019. I booked Uh, so many tours, it'll be like, you know, we'll come in February, then like the next day, I'll be like, thanks for having us. We're going to be back in April. (laughs) People are like, dude, gosh. (laughs) Uh, too, too, Too soon too soon to return <laughs> um memphis's diy is weird though and q it's really special you know there's not a lot of uh concrete spots you know we've played in memphis like you know for a few years now and it's always changing where we can play mm-hmm. what spots are available like spots yeah. going under and uh like to this day even you know like the next tour i have like when it opens up i have no idea where we would play you know so which is so weird to me given memphis and its like musical history you know like i feel like like nashville is obviously music city but there's just so much like soul and history in memphis whether it be from like like elvis or even justin timberlake's from around there and like yeah just the whole blues and rock and roll and like all of that like you would think that that would have followed to make music and shows more accessible especially to arguably like the most influential age group in music right now which is like late high school to our age to early 30s it's like why aren't we doing more here so it was right it was i think it was just yeah honestly with keo it was so long overdue that like almost birthed itself because again like me and Ren had no idea what it would turn into nor were even planning for that but I think everyone was just like okay please like whether it be touring musicians that just like needed a place to play or like Q 
kids in that or people in that community that were like we want more of this right it, it just kind of was born from itself almost because i think memphis is in its bones just a musical city too and i think it's really easy to forget that sometimes but you know i think so too i i totally agree there's so much you know i listen to a lot of 60s music and there's a ton of songs about memphis and there's a ton of bands even like obscure bands i'll find i really dig and be like oh they're from memphis like what that's crazy yeah you know i, I don't know I've, I've always found that to be interesting uh as well like why is there not more um going on but i don't know maybe someone else can come on and answer that for us because i really don't know true and half of the bands that you find like the kind of the whole thought is well you gotta move to Me- if you do music in memphis like you should probably move to nashville even like me like when I was growing up thinking of oh do I want to do the artist thing like the music thing full-time like I was always kind of met by like oh Nashville is three hours away or even like I'm trying to think of other people I know like I have a few friends of mine that have moved to Nashville to do music even like the band Caminos from Memphis Hmm. and has obviously now since moved to Nashville but it's like We've got talent there, but we always, I think we feel the need to like flee for some reason because there's just not as many resources there at this moment in time as right. there is Nashville, LA, New York, wherever else you want to go. But yeah. You, yeah, right. I I know with Keo House, um, yeah, being you and, and Lauren and Rins, uh, whichever name. Uh, Either one. Uh, y'all's collaborative idea, there was also a secondary collaborative more of a charity that you were involved with which is called uh the stepchildren um yeah. <laughs> uh that, that kind of was a counterpart to keo which is that leah's parents um and particularly mom kind of i would say specifically renee uh you know putting making it happen um housing a, a lot of the bands that play at keo um it's very very generous and like feeding us and treating us really well yeah my mom oh my gosh that was a dream come true that I didn't even know that she probably didn't even know that she had yeah to give more context uh, most people if you if they weren't already from Memphis that played through Keo my mom would always send me a text and be like they can stay at our house like I can make breakfast like how many beds do we need um just because we live on a golf course so we have extra space more space than we need and my mom is such a very beautiful very beautiful hostess to her core like wants to take everyone she meets under her wing and like care for them which is i have her to thank for a lot of the reasons why i love sitting with people and knowing their stories and like getting to know people is a large part because of her and like yeah so her favorite thing to do is host you guys and then her her actual favorite thing to do was getting to take a picture on our on our front staircase at the time someone was there. She would take a picture of the band or whoever was with us, just my friends or people that would tag along and get to post that on her Facebook and her Instagram and say there's more stepchildren that are at and then like immediately like follows everyone on Instagram and to this day will like ask me how like Bryce Dubre is like people that like cool cool isn't it even the, like the front runner the artist or whatever it's like she loves like getting to like meet and know and will ask about yeah even people that she had never met like sometimes I wouldn't be able to make it to the shows like I'm thinking of like the the Pacific Boys like Will Hunter and all of them mm-hmm. I don't know if you know them but had never met my parents 
in their life, but I like ship them off to my mom. And like the next day I like get a picture of Will. And she's like, I love them. Like I've never met them. They came into my house at two in the morning when I was asleep after the show. <laughs> I love them. <laughs> it was awesome. But um, yeah, she would, she misses you guys, which I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I have a very creative Christmas gift for her that I have in mind regarding that, that I will text you about later, hoping that we can make happen. But please do. I will. Uh, <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, yeah. Your your parents are the best. Um, you know, Bob has made us a steak dinner before. Um, Renee, and I wasn't even there. Yeah, you weren't even there. Renee is like, gave us these beautiful, literally on my bed right now, um, blankets that I, I, you know, gave us beautiful blankets for our tour that we were embarking on one time. And uh, of course, uh, banana bread galore. Yes. Always banana bread. <laughs> Didn't Ethan um, mention that in his podcast that he? Yeah, Ethan was getting bread. cocky though. He said he makes better banana bread, but I don't think I really don't think that's true. I don't think it's true either. He just I don't has know an ego, like, probably. Yeah, my He's mom jealous. kind of is a master baker in regards to banana bread, but I forgot about the blankets. The that blankets was what November tour. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because Ian was there. Yeah, we were headed to. Mm-hmm. Uh, headed to Canada so she wanted to make sure we were warm and it was November so it was a very snowy tour. Never even made it to Canada. Do what? Y'all never even made it to Canada did you? Yeah right we uh, got rejected at the border. <laughs> That's a long story. I remember being on the phone with Grant and being like yeah it's not gonna happen and then the whole I love it but you got blankets either way so yeah right. Shout out to Renee. The, the best part about getting rejected from Canada was we weren't like in like some sort of prison. Like we weren't like, like we were, we were like held in like a space, but it was like, for some reason there was a giant TV just playing sports highlights and not even really with like commentators, just like a highlight reel of like dope things happening. Like, you know, a, a soccer clip and then a basketball clip and then a hockey clip. And we were just like, this is pretty fun actually. Sounds like um, purgatory mixed with like the DMV. Like, yeah, not a place I would want to sit in for too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, luckily, Sma like had matched on Tinder with this girl who was like mom is like the head of border security or something. So we almost got in anyway, but then we didn't want to like make a mess. But it would have been pretty baller if we had gotten in like that with some nepotism oh my gosh of i don't even know why i mentioned you would have that connection <laughs> yeah that's pretty funny um clutch what is your what is your mom's enneagram oh gosh i we're not like for sure for sure but there's kind of no way she's not a two i really don't think she could be anything other than a two because she's just such a helper totally. and such like a like wants to care about other people's needs maybe even before her own sometimes hmm. which i can recognize in myself if we're if we're talking enneagram as Are a you four, a two? no You're i'm a four? a four but when i get super stressed out or like like unhealthy like i take on a lot of the bad characteristics of a two like i move towards a two um and i just see myself like neglecting my own needs or my own wants and only focusing on other people which is kind of like the the darker side of a two, which yeah, it's not all the time. But I think she's a two. If she's not a two, then she's probably like a six. Which I feel like hmm. a lot of moms are 
one or the other. TBH. What the heck? Wait, I don't know. Run, you I become mean. a mom. Once you get pregnant, you start becoming a six. Is that how it works? You just switch. If you have another number, like, sorry, motherhood. Change yeah, wait, that's crazy that you're a four because every single four I know is like a musician, like an artist. So here's a loophole that I think it's either really weird that I'm not or it, or it means that I'm even more of even more of a four because a lot of the four thing is like wanting to be different or like individual. Oh, and if it's just like my, the extremities of being a four um, of me not being a musician, like maybe that's it. I have no idea because I still like, again, I'm still involved in music. Like I play my guitar all the time. I've been watercoloring, not as much as you. Like I still have like art things kind of running through me at all times, but I, I kind of, yeah, I'm not an artist. I just love, mm. I think I, I love music, but I love working with people in, in music or in anything else. I think even more than I love just the music part, which yeah, is crazy. Do you would do you think about being a musician? Are you like, man, I wish I was an artist, like my friends who are artists? Uh, I kind of go back and forth. I I think when I stopped doing my own music, which was the end of high school, it was because I, well, it was a few different reasons. I just kind of saw myself at the time, like I would I would do my music thing, and then I would use music in a different capacity of like leading worship somewhere and I kind of had this weird like not ego check I don't know what else to call it though like okay if I really dove head first into this now being 18 going to college like I don't really like who I see myself becoming and so I was like made a very kind of I made a point to be like I don't want like if music is supposed to be part of my life like it will eventually find its way back to me which is a reason I think why I didn't tried to like seek out musician friends at the beginning of college in Nashville because I was like I'm gonna put this to rest for now kind of focus on other parts of my life if it comes back around it comes back around which it did and now I'm in this place where I'm so in the middle of like doing music but not doing music to where I'm I think about it still and I think it's not off the table but a lot of me now is is genuinely because I, I love supporting other people in their projects like that's why I've thought about like artist management even because I love just kind of being the hands and feet while also understanding the brain while also like doing little creative things. Um, right. But I've been, I've been questioned a lot, even recently, even this year by a lot of our close friends of like, why don't you just do it for yourself? Like we'd love to support you and like love to back you up and like see where that goes. Um, so I, sure. I've thought about it. I don't know. That could be cool. It could be cool. I would like that. You know, if you wanted to, it being a artist, being a musical artist is so many different things. It's a very uh, strange art form because to really do it, you have to be a creator of the art, or at least someone has to write the songs. A lot, you know, a lot of big artists, you know, they don't even always write the songs. Really, say do a co-write, and uh, then you also or a performer um do you feel inclined like in your life do you have an interest in writing specifically or like performing specifically or e either of those things like something that you mm -hmm. when you think about being an artist do you think is there like a certain thing that 
you are attracted to or not attracted to when it comes to artistry? Just curious. Yeah, honestly, probably more of the performance aspect because I think it's more interactive and yeah. because the writing aspect feels really personal to me. And so I think it's right. more of a hurdle of like letting people into that side of my life. And I mean, half of it is like letting someone read your diary if you get really real in your music, um, mm-hmm. which I'm not opposed to. But I think me being um, already being used to and comfortable being on a stage with other people having done it before. And honestly, like the, the fun part of one of the fun parts for me, I think if I were to be an artist is like the whole branding thing of like kind of building an image, not in a superficial way, but in in a very interactive way. Like I think that you're super interactive and like know your vision for yourself. I was even talking to Jordy about that the other day. Like, I think I'd have so much fun with that. Yeah, totally. Like being able to connect with people and like be more like have a platform to like say stuff and also perform and just like be goofy like I remember growing up and we have this huge like um run not like walkway above the stairs in my house you've been there you you know what I'm saying and I I used to like memorize Taylor Swift's like tour numbers like not choreography but like things that she would do and just like perform for absolutely no one because I loved doing that so I've always been more drawn to like the performance aspect but I've like written stuff in the past but that and yeah. I love that but it what really gets me excited about the possibility of like being an artist is doing that and um so who knows I have I have I feel like I have endless resources around me and I think I'm just too scared to use them like I literally live with a songwriter Nicole you've met Nicole yeah and I all of my best friends write songs too and right want to help so Maybe at some point I'll just be peer pressured enough to <laughs> actually release my own stuff. But it's also the, the, the aspect of, I feel like I'd be really picky of like what I would want my sound to be. And I know it takes figuring yeah. that out. Um, so, right. I well, well, I think what you said about management um, really makes sense because I think a lot of times with music artistry, there's kind of this idea that you have to be there at the genesis of, of this like, blank canvas creation that's very intimidating whereas a lot of creativity comes from using your resources um to get to to get somewhere like to create something um and it sounds like what like what you i can't remember what you said but about like management you know in a lot of ways a manager is an incredibly creative person and they're a person who's taking someone's vision and their goals and they're helping them accomplish that and in a lot of ways they are creating you know there's so many pieces there's so many things in life that are so creative and i just think you know we know so many musical artists it's just a very strange and specific type of art to be like oh i'm interested in arranging this musical melody and aligning it with this like poetic lyricism um and then i also want to like in turn record it which is its own art form of like recording the music and then creating this image uh and then performing it's just there's so many unique steps that it's like and we act like every single music artist that we know has a a passion for every single one of those things but the reality is that everyone is so different and that's a huge package deal to uh to assign to yourself you know uh so i definitely don't think that it's I don't know. I just think it's a very strange thing. Also, it got very dark where you are. 
It it does. I you can need light on the lights. Yes. If I you want to, if you don't want to sit in darkness. Yeah, the sun is uh just it, really moody over here. Um yeah. It, it's four forty nine right now though. I know. It feels um, like it could be nine or eight. Um Yeah, and I like what you said though about um like the whole idea of like management having to be creative. I have a ton of respect for the artist managers I know. Um because yeah. it's you kind of you have to have an eye and, an, and a vision for a brand and the vision just behind the music in general, but you also have to have the analytical brain to get it done, which right. like for someone like, like I think about you and I think about Jordy and I think about other people that have like hustled all of those things by yourself for years and years and years, like that is crazy to like be the artist and also be your own manager. Um, but managers yeah. that I know, like one of my really good friends who is my supervisor at an internship turned good friend, um, is a manager at, at Mick management. And she's like super young and is like hustling. And I don't think she'd ever like consider herself part of the art, but that's exactly, I think what she's doing because she's like literally managing pop stars, but she has to like clean up the messes behind it too which you have to be creative inherently to be able to right. like, juggle all of that so absolutely well, creativity and artistry are these like weird constructs that we just assign to specific artists that we know who are these people and they're like oh i i feel this way and i'm putting it on the paper or yeah. painting this thing but it's like we all do creative things every day all the time mm -hmm. you know there's so much creativity happening you know, like in, in domestic and ways as well, you know, just in the day to day, making sure you have enough money or maybe it's cooking, you know, like baking, you know, everyone in their home have a million ways that they have to be creative or maybe it's the feng shui, maybe it's their furniture and their lighting, you know, it's just, yeah. I don't know. I just think there's a lot of room for different people in this world. Um, what, what did you, you just graduated um, in last May. Yeah. Right. Well, what is uh, what was your degree? I was a degree in communication studies, which cool. So you stayed with it. I did. I didn't ever change my major, which is kind of weird. Yeah. But I think I went into it kind of with the idea of, OK, how broad can I go and still get a degree? Um, right. And I figured if I didn't want to go to the business route, um, you're going to have to learn how to communicate and work with people no matter the job that you have. So better just get really good at communicating and roll with that. And Belmont and that degree specifically was nice at Belmont because it, it had a lot of like extra like elective credits that you had to fill. So I, in some ways, got to take a lot of classes in like business or entertainment industry studies or things that I was interested in. But I did graduated in May. Well, um, I know this is a generic question, but I think it's important while we're talking about you and talking about your life. Do you have a specific like job or thing you're like trying to do for work or like, like, are you, I don't know. Yeah. Are you interested in, you mentioned working in the music industry. I know you've also not on this podcast have told me that you've are interested in, you know, maybe even like traveling, moving other places. Like you, you have a lot, your options seem to be pretty open right now. Yes. Um, which is, the beauty and the curse of a degree in communications and saying how yeah. broad can I go and still get a degree? Right. It, it does leave a lot of doors open, but it's kind of on you to pick the door or to kind of hustle for yourself. Cause it's not like, especially in a year like 2020 when there's no set path for me, 
um, it does bring a lot of freedom to like kind of just take what I can get right now, but it also like in a way that like if you are a nursing major, like you have a set job. Um, yeah. But this kind of, yeah, has left a lot of doors open for me um, if in case it wasn't obvious in all of my babbling, babbling before, I have a very large mixed bag of interests, whether it be from music to just like ministry or whatever. Um, Ooh, kind yeah. of my bottom line is, is people. But industry-wise, I've um, thought about doing artist management. I took an internship there at, with Mick Management my senior year. Um, working I with didn't know that. Yeah, Jess Swan, who's, I met her because I, I worked, I interned with Mick. So she's like Lennon's day-to-day and like now works with Carly Jepsen and like. Word, yes. Like I did that. know you were working with Lennon. Yeah. Kind of, I was very much baby part of that team, but I, I worked every day with her day-to-day manager. And so I kind of wow. got to learn the ropes of like what Jess was doing and um, just kind of see what all was in, involved there. And obviously that's like, she kind of jumped onto the team and. Lennon already had a lot of traction. And so for me, I think it would be more like kind of roots up working with someone rather than maybe jumping on a team. If I was offered a job at a, at a management company, I wouldn't turn it away. But yeah, uh, I love the idea of, again, kind of it, it circles with the whole concept of like supporting my friends as um, doing the management thing, because I've gotten to observe that. I've gotten to like see like, okay, I'm capable of doing this. I've, I, I know I've like learned from what I think to be some of the best, like that company is amazing. And um, I would be looking for jobs doing that, but on, honestly doing work in the industry, like if I started like kind of ground level with someone, wouldn't be guaranteed work at the time. It'd be more of just like, okay, how can we work together and build this thing or build your vision? Right. I've talked to a couple of our friends about maybe doing that. Um, so if I w- were to end up in the industry side of things, it would be doing that. Honestly, I would love to, like my pipe dream, uh, in this industry gig is like doing BGBs for like Phoebe or someone like an artist that I really love or Phoebe even Bridgers. just, like, yeah. Or even if like Gatlin yeah. were to do a really big tour, like hang out with my friends and like sing in a band or do whatever's needed there. Um, or okay cool yeah the other side of the thing is i could go back to grad school and be a therapist because again i just love working with people and i love knowing people's stories and yeah sitting with them in that and through that and just knowing knowing the person behind the stories is really life-giving to me so it could go anywhere from like management to performance to therapy to working for a nonprofit as long as I'm like around people or if I marry someone who's a musician being a tour wife forever I wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) I don't know well so if you were doing BGVs or if let's say you were just married to somebody who you know is a successful touring artist would you and this is a genuine question I don't and there's not a right answer to it would you feel purpose in that or would you be like you know i want to be more involved in this team like because you'd be there every day i've i've gone on one of those big tours i was selling merch for uh i've probably told you about that that like for king and country thing did you actually go on tour with them well lipscomb sponsored their christmas tour and so you know this is this i'll keep it short but basically lipscomb sponsors for king and country the christian bands yes christmas tour and 
they need their people, what is it called? Admissions people. You know, one admissions person out there for the three-week tour to like go up on stage, promote, you know, say they're from Lipscomb, set up at this like Lipscomb booth. So whenever families are walking by with their kids, you can like, you have applications. If there's high school kids, et cetera, you're giving out free swag. Um, nobody in admissions obviously wants to go because it's December. It's close to the, it's close to Christmas. And if you're working for admissions full-time, a lot of those people are married and have kids. Um, they don't want to go on a tour bus for a week. So they pitched it to Clay and me. <laughs> yeah, because, the, the, you know, the art is pretty small at Lipscomb, and they knew that we'd both be interested in that. So we both obviously said yes, separate weeks. So, But anyway, yeah, I was on that tour for a week, just like on the tour bus, you know, get, getting to the venue at 8 setting up my little booth like at 8 a.m right it's like the show starts at 6 p.m is the longest days ever for me i felt very purposeless um if i i don't know so maybe that's where i'm coming from when i'm saying that i'm wondering what, what like in your world if you were to get like an awesome opportunity like that what do you think would you know would you have a second thing you'd want to be doing or would you want to be involved in the team i feel like you're so good the times that I have seen you like work in like a management or like a production role, whether it's for a party or for a band or for a tour, I feel, I don't know. I, I'm just curious what that, your thoughts should be on that. I guess it would, it would to an extent be role dependent. Like I think if I did what you did on that tour, it would be a little bit draining and life's sucking. But I think a lot of that too is because you're probably isolated from the rest of the team, you know? Yeah. I didn't know anyone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you didn't know anyone and you didn't really already have sure. like relationships built and you were in one spot not moving the whole day. I think in a case where I, again, role dependent, but if I was doing something small, whether it be like BGVs or even tagging along as like the plus one, like I, I also kind of, kind of recognize, and this is where my drive to maybe want to do therapy one day comes from of like, just like a simply like moral support like getting to know these people yeah. and like knowing the stress that a lot of them are under and kind of talking them through it like i even remember the very the few times i was out on the road for a few days with you guys like i didn't do anything like i didn't have like a role but to like see if small was stressed out or grant was stressed out and like kind of like move that way towards them and feel like okay I'm doing something here because it's even if it's just for comfort or moral support or yeah. I felt a lot of purpose in that um, just because of how I'm I'm made and wired of just being there and like being a uh, just kind of a safe place almost and just like little things of like oh there's a amp that I can carry to the van or just like yeah. making things a little bit lighter for everyone else um, that's just stuff that I love to do. And a lot of people don't like, it feels like I can go sit in the green room, but I, I do like to be up and active and yeah. knowing people and like being able to spot, like if someone's like reading the room almost of like, this person seems a little bit off. Like, I wonder if I could like do anything for them or like just stay by them that could make them feel better. Brings me like a feeling of, of purpose. And especially like if I was, doing BGVs it's like I also have a cassette role like that feels nice too but yeah yeah I don't know that's interesting but it's kind of a difference between our to go back to like we we're talking about Enneagram like learning about myself as a three like learning about 
the ways that I'm very goal oriented. Mm-hmm. Something like that does not sound very attractive to me because I would not be able at the end of the day to reconcile with what I had accomplished. Mm. You know what I mean? I would be like, what did I do? I couldn't look at that and see um, growth, mm. but it seemed, but I, but I, when you say it, I understand how there is essential, like, like totally essential value um, to, to that, like into, in, in this like role you're describing that we're kind of like, fictionalizing and then also in ways have seen um within our relationship um there is so much value in that there's so much value in like being there for people and helping just like because every single thing that gets from a to b or a to z requires help and sometimes you can do it on your own but it takes everything you've got and when you're out there on tour like there's a lot of struggle like there's a lot of days and a lot of things where there's parts of every day where you're just totally beat, you know, it's like four, it'd be a time like now, you know, the sun's setting early and it's cold and you're like, I haven't eaten today. And, you know, you're trying to like get the merch table set up and there's so much, there's so much need for help. And a lot of times I don't ask for it. And I think if there was somebody who could help, you know, you got, it takes a village, man. You should, you should ask for it. Cause I know they're, there's always people willing to help. And I think for me too, it's like, you have to learn how to, in some ways, depending on who you're touring around with, but like, I'm okay with roughing it. Like I'm okay with like it being kind of uncomfortable sometimes. And right, like growth to me has never been about like being able to plot it on a chart. And I think if I was in the shoes of an artist or even as a manager, I would be more kind of oriented that way. But I'm thinking like smaller roles like work, I can't, I can't mark that on a chart. Like I can't mark growth or like value with that on a chart. Like what are the other, like where is growth hiding? Where is purpose hiding in ways that aren't like easily easy to spot or like as flashy? Yeah, and right. I think just in the way that I've been raised and um, just the stories that I've li- lived through, I've had to learn how to do that in my personal life when honestly there is, feel even this year feels like more loss than gain and it's been a process of like okay there's still good here there's still value here I'm going to like try my best to like see that and like help other people in the process too um but I also get like where your brain's at which is why I think there needs to be like a fair share of like all of these types of people um, exactly right you couldn't oh, the world couldn't exist with only yeah type of person <laughs> artists and even only managers you gotta have you gotta have a good um groupie <laughs> once in a while you gotta have a good groupie every once in a while leah leach everybody <laughs> that's my put cool that on your t-shirt podcast. yeah um <laughs> that's funny do you so we're talking about the future in kind of a uh, a far off way and we're talking about the past um and some of great accomplishments like keo um i'm curious what does like you know, November, 2020 Leah look like, like what's going on? (laughs) What has been going on? I know Um, it's crazy right now. And sometimes it feels like not a lot, but I'm just curious. It feels in some ways, it feels like a lot of the days have blended together since what March. Uh, Yeah, totally. But presently I am honestly taking any side hustle that I can get, which right now looks like babysitting a lot just for some income while I try to like figure out 
job plans. Um, for me, it looks like the decision whether to stay in Nashville or to um, possibly move cities, just as a kind of a next stage in life possibility. Yeah. Um, and it looks like me, um, I just got a new guitar, thanks to Jack Schneider for helping me find that. And What a sweetheart. What kind of guitar? Is that it on your bed? Is that a guitar? Yes, I'll get it. I'll show you it. Woohoo! It's like a 1970-something, like, guilty guitar. Honestly, if you're curious, you could ask Jack and he could give you, like, all of the details. But just something new. I've so sweet. I've only had, I know. Well, I I paid for it, but he found it for me. Uh, Less sweet, but still sweet. Sweet. It was it was nice to come to the grunt work. <laughs> um, yeah, totally. But trying to get better guitar again, and um, nice. been reading a good bit. Honestly, this year for me has been a lot of um, just healing and like mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, kind of in all the ways. I've kind of had to hit reset and have been. I've had to be honest with myself about the space that I've needed to heal instead of like being go 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 go. Like, okay. I wish that I had a full-time job right now. I wish that I had plans, but any plan that I had at the beginning of the year looks wildly different from reality right now. So like totally in November, 2020, like I'm still in this process of like healing and reimagining what my life looks like in kind of every capacity. Um, And just kind of learning how to like still like see people even amongst like COVID like rising and like what that's going to look like. And kind of resituating and COVID rising. Is COVID. that your, is, is that your astrology sign? <laughs> yeah. I'm a COVID rising in a, in a Capri sun moon. <laughs> An aquarium sun. <laughs> yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been a lot of like, honestly, not much. It's been just uh, a lot of healing and a lot of um, yeah. little things, little counting the little victories every so often. That's cool. I think that's really important. And uh, th- this year's definitely been, you know, little victories, if to put it positively. <laughs> <laughs> little victories, big losses. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it, it, sometimes it do be like that. <laughs> it do, it do be like that. Um, it has been. It really has been really crazy. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Well. I guess it's about, uh, I feel like we're coming towards the end of today. Unless, is there anything else you'd want to talk about or plug or, you know, mention? Anything else um, going on? Honestly, I mean, I'm such a fan of yours. I always advocate everyone I know to know and love you. And if I advocate you on your own podcast, I guess it's a big circle here. Um, yeah. But other than that, I mean, I have, like about 15 different people I could plug, but I'll save it for, save it for a rainy day. But no, man, thanks for <laughs> talking to me on a public platform. I'm, I'm honored to be here and um, just love you a whole lot. And I'm really glad that you're in my life. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm really glad you're in my life too. It's been great getting to know you ever since we first crossed paths, which was, you know, I guess it would have been, um, not, well, I don't know. The first time we met was at uh, Humphrey Street, right? Yes. Okay. Here's a crazy, you probably know this about me by now, but I can remember pretty much 
every significant calendar day ever. Like I know exactly what I did like a year ago and what I met you on January 21st. Oh, wow. Are you serious? I'm serious. That's crazy. So we're not even at two years yet. Feels Almost. Like or were you, I guess I didn't meet you at um, Carly, Jack and Grant's show at the well. I know you were probably maybe there. No, you weren't. You DM me after that, but you weren't there. Um, I DM'd you what I say. You were like, you said something like, oh my gosh, they're so great. But it was before I'd met you. I followed you. Right after I, yeah, it was right after I met Grant. Yeah. So I had to follow you. <laughs> Worked that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, for anyone who has made it this far, thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Fun Zone episode 34. We have had a beautiful time talking today. Um, Leah Leach, you have a public Instagram account that people can follow, uh, which is, I believe, Leah.Leach or what no, it's is just it? Leah Leach. Just Leah Leach. L-E-A-H, L-E-A-C-H. It's the word Leah twice and then just add a C. In the second one. Yeah, my content is usually just Merit Huey doing really weird-ish. <laughs> That is true. That is a lot of her content. Um, <laughs> but if you get to her close friends or if you get to unlock deeper in the pyramid scheme, her Finsta or the most prized of all, her Finsta close friends, <laughs> then you get to really see, uh, you know, what's going on behind the scenes. <laughs> um, anything else you should talk about? Anybody who's listening uh, who is a friend of Leah and has never listened to this before, you can uh, – and you're, if you're listening on Spotify or something, you can also watch it on YouTube. So you can go watch it a second time and see all of our funny and sweet smiles. Follow me on Instagram as well at Nordista Freeze. And uh, I will end on one more question. I have one last question, which is, who should I have on next, Leah? I have Jordy on. Jordy's so big time. Do you think he would do it for real? Oh, my gosh. I will text him right now. He will. That he would be awesome. Okay. He knows he's don't get a ton of views. Like, I'm not... I'm not up in the clout game, but uh, <laughs> I to say you should be on for this fun zone. Let's he get would a love cute it. pick. Let's do it. Jeez, how sweet! Yeah, Jordy. Anyone else? Um, Jordy. Honestly, my roommate Nicole. She writes raps. Did you know that about her? I did not know that about her. Wow, for real. She's yes, she's so gifted. She's a hidden gem. Um, have you had Watson on? Watson's coming on, I think, tomorrow. Great. Um, you should honestly see what Merritt says, too. Josh okay. Warren. Josh Warren. Okay. Yeah. These, these are great. Do you think all these people would be down to do this? Yes. I know they would. I'm writing it down right now. Annika. Oh, you had Annika. Nicole. I've had on Annika. She's amazing. I love Annika and Jordy. All right. Well, that's four. Merritt, Josh, Nicole, and Jordy. I will contact them. We'll keep the fun zone alive. I love you, Leah. I love you so much. Thank you so much for talking to me today. It's been really cool getting to, uh, you know, talk about your life and in, in, in this context and just talk to you today. So you as well. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Bye, Have a beautiful evening. Love you too. Bye-bye.